Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. If you have a Bible, I'm going to invite you to open it up to Luke 17. And as you're flipping there, just want to acknowledge it is Veterans Day weekend, and uh, we're so grateful. Uh, if we have any veterans here today that have served our country in the military, uh, could we just say thank you to them for serving? God bless you. Thank you for your sacrifices. We also, you may not be aware of this, but we also have, uh, we have 20 couples that are investing in their marriage this weekend. Uh, Pastor Jono and Aaron and then uh, Scott Lasea and Jamie are away with these couples, pouring into them, teaching them, guiding them. And uh, so what, what a great decision uh, in marriage is to invest in it. Great marriages don't happen by accident. You do have to pay attention and invest. Uh, so if you, ha- you didn't have a chance to go on this one, uh, make sure you do invest in your marriage uh, and get away on retreat. So Luke 17, verses 11 to 19. I'm going to read this for us. This We're in this series, 22 Days of Gratitude. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy, They stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them. And he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him, thanking him, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked the question, didn't didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Wasn't quite sure how to outline this message. So I'm just three, three words in the, in the time that we have. Three words I want to talk about briefly. Faith, gratitude, and excuses. Faith gratitude and excuses. Uh, You know, the impact in the first century of living with leprosy, the impact would have been huge, massive. It would have been a lonely life, a painful life, uh, physically, socially, relationally, even spiritually. God, are you punishing me? Why do I have leprosy? And so if you were a person in the first century in Jesus' day, you would have felt stuck, hopeless, 
helpless. And I just find it interesting in the story, I don't know if you noticed it, but they, they come out and they, they pray. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And do you notice Jesus' response? I mean, Jesus in the Gospels, he, he certainly heals people in different ways, in a variety of ways. There's no formula. There is no A plus B plus C equals D or one plus one. In, in terms of Jesus' healing ministry, you can't, it's, it, th- th- there's not a he healed the people the same way all the time. He doesn't do that. But did you notice what happens here? He says to them, go and present yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were healed. Did you catch that? As they went, they were healed. So what's interesting is a person with a skin disease, leprosy in that century, they they didn't go to, impre- go to a priest unless they were healed. You didn't go to the priest until after you were healed. But Jesus said, go to the priest before you're healed. And they went, the Bible says. That's what the text says. What's, what's happening here? Jesus is saying, I, I want you to, in faith, step into, move, act, as if you are healed, begin to make choices, decisions, and movement into that place of freedom and healing. He told these unclean men with leprosy to present themselves to the priests as if they were already physically and ritually clean. And the Bible says right here that the lepers went, and as they went, they were I just want to encourage somebody today. I don't know who it is, but, but somebody who's feeling stuck, somebody who wants healing, whether it be from trauma, maybe you're looking at Thanksgiving coming up, the holidays, and you got strained, broken, fractured family relationships, and you're like, oh, I just want God to heal my family. I want God to heal my heart, whatever. I think what we learn here is, is, is faith is movement towards the outcome that we want. It's when we begin to take the word of God seriously and we move in that direction, meaning I am going to obey God. I'm going to be responsive to him and to his ways. I'm going to start walking in the ways of Jesus. I'm going to start doing what he says, even when it doesn't make sense to these lepers. Like, wait, you want me to, you want us to go to the, you got to heal us first. No, go. And as they went, as they started moving, that's when God started working. Did you catch that? That's so powerful. And I just know that there's many of us that need to hear that because we're sitting here waiting for God to, to move and to work first. And then, well, it's, it, it's not until he heals those relationships, then I'm going to go for Thanksgiving. No, no, no. Start making movements. Start praying. Start becoming the person that God wants you to become, and then watch what happens to those relationships that are toxic and dysfunctional and unhealthy. You begin to lean into and live the life that Jesus is calling you to live, and that's called faith. And watch what happens to your life, your hurts, your habits, 
your most important relationships, they will begin to heal along the way because God's ways work. I wonder who is here today that maybe God brought you here to say, gosh, I need to start acting, not just believing up here, but now behaving, making choices of faith to say, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to walk in his ways. I'm going to, I'm going to read his word and I'm actually going to do it. And I'm not going to let other people dictate to me how I live my life. Here's the second word, gratitude. Faith is the first word. Second is gratitude. I find it interesting in the story. I find it challenging in the story that these 10 lepers, they prayed, Jesus, have mercy on us. That's a prayer. Jesus, have mercy. They prayed. They obeyed. It says they went. Jesus said, go show yourselves, and they went. They prayed, they obeyed, and they acted in faith. They trusted God. Jesus said this. They said, okay, we're going to do it. Even though we don't know how the outcome is going to be, they went. Prayer, obedience, faith. I started reading this story this week over and over, and I'm like, isn't that enough? Like, come on. This is a little nitpicky, Jesus. I'm praying. I'm obeying. I'm stepping out in faith, and you're like, Gratitude. I want, I want to see some gratitude in your heart. Where are the other nine? It seems to me as I read the story that gratitude, thanksgiving, it's important to Jesus. If you look at his life, it was important in, in, in terms of the way he lived. He appreciated his father in heaven. I mean, you just surveyed the Gospels. He thanked his father for providing food, for listening to him, for the opportunity to minister to others. He even thanked him for the opportunity to sacrifice his life for the world. Why was gratitude so important to Jesus? I actually was in Las Vegas this week of all places, and I got to spend a few days speaking at a wedding convention, but I stayed with a pastor friend of mine, a covenant pastor from Sacramento, a guy named Bob Ballion, and he said to me, hey, tomorrow morning, let's go to Starbucks, and let's share what we're preaching on this Sunday, and let, let, let's kind of pitch each other on what we're, what, we're, what we're doing, and let's help each other make it a better message. I'm like, okay, let's do this. So Tuesday morning, I'm at Starbucks in Henderson, Nevada, and I'm, I'm sharing with him what I'm going through. And, 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 and I said, why was gratitude so important to Jesus? And our conversation led to flipping it upside down. Maybe it's because Jesus knew the, the impact of ingratitude. Now, now, just think about it. What is the impact of ingratitude? And Pastor Bob, we started talking about this, and, and you know, he said it doesn't justify it, but it certainly, it negatively impacts our relationship. So we start talking about this. What is the impact of ingratitude? Ingratitude, I just wrote these down in my note. Ingratitude is a cancer that kills community. It kills closeness. Why? Ingratitude is a form, Pastor Bob gave me this, it's a form of rejection. It makes a person feel unappreciated and unloved. 
Ingratitude can trigger resentment. I do a favor for you. I, I, I get you tickets to the bowl, or more like you give me tickets to the bowl. And then I don't thank you. And then I'm like, hey, my favorite person is coming to the bowl. You're like, mm, yeah, no. Somehow ingratitude, it, it, it's a cancer to our soul. It creates resentment. It creates rejection. It stifles generosity. You ever given to a nonprofit? You ever written a check to a church? And you're like, God, I've never, never heard thank you. Again, it doesn't justify my response when I don't get the thank you, but it poisons my spirit because now I become critical. I'm like, uh-uh. I went to that nonprofit and gave him a check. They never even said that. And it, right, it, it does something inside of us. Even to the point where ingratitude can turn into retribution. Meaning, you never said thank you, so you know what? I'm not giving you that promotion if I'm the boss. I did something for you. You never said, you know what? I'm going to get you back. Like, it poisons us. So let me flip it again back to gratitude. I just wrote here three ways really quickly to express gratitude to God. Number one, and we're going to do a spiritual practice this week. We want you to read Psalm 136 every day this week. We want you not only to read it, we want you to pray it. All 26 verses have to do with give thanks to him, give thanks to the Lord, give thanks to him, and then underline 26 times his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks, and, and the psalmist, give thanks to God because and what he's done, how he's provided, all the great miracles. Give thanks to God for this and for this and for that. His faithful love endures forever. His faithful love endures forever. His faithful love. We want you to pray that, read it, through it. Now I'm just going to pick on a friend of mine who I think might be here this morning. 26 times in Psalm 136, it says, his faithful love endures forever. I actually have a friend who says, how, how come we sing the chorus of that song 26 times in a row? He kind of he makes fun of us sometimes. Read Psalm 136, 26 times in a row, his faithful love endures forever. We need to be reminded of the good news over and over and over again that God's love, it's, he's better than we think. We say it every week. He's bigger. He's better. He's closer than we think. His faithful love endures forever. There is no ceiling. It doesn't run out. We think, oh, I've used up all the reserves. I, I, I committed that infraction, that selfish sin again. There's no forgiveness. There's no grace. I, I've run out, right, of his love. It's not what the Bible says. Psalm 136, you're going to read it and pray it. Give thanks to his faithful love endures forever. Here's the second way we give thanks to God this week. Do you know that there's a family in this church that generously in honor of our 25th anniversary just a week ago has given us a matching gift of $25,000. And so between now and Thanksgiving, every dollar you give to the matching gift is doubled. Up to $25,000. If you go online, you click on give, you look on it, there's a, there's a line that says matching gift. 
We want everybody to do it between now and Thanksgiving, and let's not leave money on the table. Your generosity, this is a way to say thanks to God for his work. I'm committed to it, O Lord. Did you know that in Psalm 50, verse 13, it says, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Make thankfulness. So when I give financially, when I, when I make a sacrifice, I, I want to say thank you, God, for what you're doing in my life and my family, in this God family. And so we want to encourage you to give to God's kingdom. Our heart follows where our money goes. And then here's the third way we can express thanks to God. It's to write. So you're going to pray, you're going to give, and then you're going to write every day a little a little thanksgiving letter. Count your blessings. It's a spiritual practice. If you're, if you're not a journaler, then grab a piece of paper. Just say, here's five things today that I want to thank God for, for who he is, his character, his goodness, his, his new morning mercies, his provision, his protection, his for, forget, you know, we just, you can go, his faithfulness. And then also the blessings around you. God, I want to thank you for this person. And I want to thank you for this circumstance. And I want to thank you even for the hardships because it's growing me and maturing me and helping me become more like Christ. So pray, give, and write. Uh, Psalm 50, verse 23. Giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. The scripture says, God's saying to us, giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. All right, third point. We got faith, we got gratitude, and then we have the nine excuses. You're like, what do you mean the nine? There were 10 people that were healed, and Jesus said, where are the other nine? Did you notice that? I want you to think about it through our cultural lens. If you were one of the nine, what would be your reason for not returning and giving thanks? Maybe just think about it for just a moment. God shows up in your life. God is providing for you on a daily basis, relationships. Some of, some of you have found your best friends in this church. God's providing for you. Some of you have found your purpose in life. Some of you have found salvation and forgiveness of sin. And, and what would keep you from returning over and over and over again to say, God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. What are the excuses? So, Pastor Bob helped me with this. Here we go. We came up with our own nine reasons of why we, we don't return and give thanks. Number one, the first leper, the first one was waiting to see if the cure was real and if it would last. I'm not giving thanks until I know that it's real and it lasts. I wrote down here, I'll give thanks when my kid graduates, not gets into college. The second one, the second leopard thought, I've had such a hard life. God owes me this one. Think about that. God owes me. Number three, the third one said that he would thank Jesus later. Maybe he just forgot. Like life is just so crazy right now. The fourth one decided that he never really had leprosy. The fifth one said, Jesus didn't really do anything. I was the one who walked all the way to the priest. I did it. I took his idea and I executed it. I was the one. 
Did you know that the garden of ingratitude, the garden of ingratitude is watered with what? Pride. 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 The sixth one gave glory to the priests. It wasn't Jesus, it was the doctors, my friend, my wealth manager, my coach. The seventh one, seventh one said, God already knows my heart. I don't need to tell him. Pastor Bob last week reminded me, unexpressed gratitude communicates ingratitude. Unexpressed gratitude communicates ingratitude. The eighth one said, I just wanted to be healed physically and then to get on with my life. I just want to be a fan of Jesus, but I don't want to be a follower. And then the ninth one. I'm not going back to Jesus as long as there are those Samaritans around. You know, you can't be a Samaritan and be a real Christian. So that begs the question, who is... Who is your Samaritan? And then the great theologian, Willie Nelson. When I started counting my blessings, my whole life turned around. When I started counting my blessings, my whole life turned around. So we have faith, we have gratitude, and we have excuses. We're going to take just maybe three or four minutes. There may be somebody, there may be a, a few of you that uh, we're going to have an open mic. I'm going to ask Ryan to come grab those two mics. Maybe there's something you want to share. Maybe you want to actually, maybe you want to stand up in this room and confess one of the excuses you've been making and publicly say, you know what? I've been making the excuse, but today in front of my God family, I actually want to move into a, into a place of health and wholeness and healing. Uh, maybe you haven't been acting and stepping into faith and you're thinking about your family this Thanksgiving and you're going, I need God's help. I, I want God to give me faith. Uh, maybe you're at a place where you're overflowing with gratitude and you want to give thanks to God for a way that he's been at work in your life. So usually when we do this, we, we have one plant that we, we say, who's going to go first and somebody helps us. But we didn't do that today. So who's going to step out in faith and uh, be the first one to stand?